Hey everybody, Brian Nelson here with South Coast Commercial uh, with uh, our new podcast of Multifamily Movers. I'm sitting here uh, with Josh Ohl from CoStar Group and the idea is that we're going to talk about some market trends and some quarter over quarter information as it pertains to San Diego multifamily specifically. I wanted to talk about some sales volume from uh, uh, first quarter of 2023 versus uh, last few quarters prior to um, any market trends that CoStar is coming in. Just a, an absolute uh, first-hand experience, perfect way to get some CoStar information and in-house data from the source coming right to us here at South Coast Commercial uh, here in San Diego. So Josh, welcome. Thanks a lot, Brian. It's great to be here. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you here. Thank you. It's a, this is a, this is a treat for our, our newer podcast that we have with you coming to us here at South Coast and having some uh, real live information from CoStar and the ultimate uh, CoStar for, I'm sure everybody knows who CoStar is that's watching this park, podcast, but, uh, and I'll let you speak more about it, but uh, CoStar is a, is a company of a, a data resource that South Coast commercial agents use every day for our resources as far as any primarily sales comps, trends, how to price property in San Diego. If we're going for a listing, we go right to CoStar and analyze the real estate based on all the sales comps in that area, cap rates, gross rent multipliers, uh, and so forth. So uh, CoStar is who we look to for our news articles, which is one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to get a hold of you specifically, because uh, Josh writes a, a large percentage of articles um, and news through CoStar. Uh, so CoStar is my daily newspaper and um, and we want to keep it casual and fun as we do here at South Coast Commercial and uh, upbeat and talk about what's going on in San Diego multifamily. Yeah, it's definitely a great time to talk about what's happening. There's a, well, there's a lot happening or maybe there's not a lot happening. It depends on one's perspective, I guess. Um, we're sort of in this weird period of wait and see transition economic headwinds perhaps on the horizon i know there's a lot of forecasts that we're going to have a recession by the end of 2023 and that's just leading to a lot of paralysis in the market coupled with rising interest rates that has sort of just brought a lot of the market to a standstill in some degrees um you know i think interest rates the cost of debt has doubled in the course of what, when they started raising interest rates about a year ago, 13 months ago? And it's gone up, what, 4.8%, 5% since then? Generally, the seven last, the seven hiking periods before that of interest rates, it's been about a 3.4, 3.5% average jump in rates. But that was over the course of like 23 months. So it's just a rapid acceleration of um, the cost of debt right now. So a lot faster than we're used to seeing. So it's just caused a lot of... I think we mentioned earlier pricing discovery, right? Yeah. There's a lot of pricing discovery right now. There's a lot of bid ask deltas and different, you know, pricing is different than valuations, and that's sort of what we're navigating a period through right now. As far as interest rates go, it looks like interest rates tipped up quite a bit here this past week. I mean, I was looking at some rate sheets in the upper fives, mid to high fives, 5.6%, multifamily, two plus million dollar loans. Um, and today, we're coming out with six, six and the eighth with the same loans. And we're looking at 
50% down requirements, which is something new that I haven't seen, or 50% loan to value, as we say. Um, so interest rates have definitely hit a huge toll on us. Um, it's just making it more difficult for deals to get done, right? You have to have a lot of more, a lot more leverage in those deals, and you have to, you know, and you have to go in with cap rates that are higher. You know, we are uh, we are fortunate to live in San Diego, where people just want to be in San Diego, right? San Diego speaks for itself, I think. There's a lot that draws people here, but you know, the days of three, three and a half percent cap rates, it's a little bit more difficult to sell properties at those rates or to be a buyer and go into a property at that rate when your debt's you know, considerably higher than that. So um, that's sort of where we, we're running that disconnect right now. So this whole topic of uh, negative leverage. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely, so I think that the, uh, one of the things that we're experiencing here at South Coast Commercial is a disconnect between buyers and sellers. Uh, you know, sellers having an expectation on certain prices of what we call yesterday, and buyers having an expectation on where they think the market's gonna be tomorrow. Um, what are we, let's just go right into it as far as cap rates and uh, this quarter, or when I say this quarter, I'm really speaking of the first quarter because I appreciate you coming in here in April to talk about first quarter of 2023. Uh, this quarter versus uh, last quarter, uh, wh what are we seeing? We're starting, to, we're starting to see some upward momentum in cap rates, finally. You know, we're starting slowly, you know, like year over year, we're probably at maybe like a 70 basis point increase, but we're still in the low fours as a result. Like they mm -hmm. haven't moved too high, but there's a little bit more responsiveness and it didn't really show up much last year, but we're starting to see more deals traded four and a half now and we didn't really ever see that before six months ago that just wasn't necessarily a thing that happened right um, so those are definitely ticking up but the problem that we're now confronting I think is that just transaction volume has just dropped like you were mentioning you know you have landlords that are selling and they're looking at peak pricing from early 2022 but the market has shifted right and valuations are coming in based on what you want your rate of return to be on that property and you know you have to accept a certain maybe wiggle room associated with that transaction and you can't go in under you know your valuation might be 20 percent below the, p the pricing that the um, seller is offering so that's sort of the disconnect in some regards it's not everywhere but it's definitely happening with some properties that we hadn't necessarily seen um, quite as much as we've seen over the last four or five months Definite disconnect that we're noticing. As far as the sales volume, as we're just continuing on here, we're talking about sales volume and uh, first quarter of this year, first, last quarter, 2022, third quarter. I know South Coast Commercial is still pumping out a handful of deals. You know, we average about 50 listings and or escrows on our board at all times. Tw sometimes it's 25 listings, 27, 28 escrows, so forth. You know, right now I think we're probably about two thirds of that, about 18 listings, 12, 15 escrows. Uh, so our deal volume has gone down, but people are still doing deals. We're still doing a number of deals and sometimes deals that are really impressing me, like, oh my gosh, we're still getting those. But they are less. What are you seeing as far as deal volume first quarter, first, last quarter? So we saw there's only about, like, you look at the entire county, there's about 50 transactions, market rate transactions in the first quarter. 
That's down about 20% from the fourth quarter, and it's down 50% from the first quarter of last year. So year over year, about a 50% drop in the number of deals that closed in the first quarter. Um, but like you said, there's still money out there. Deals are getting done. It's just, you know, a lot of the people that I'm talking to in the market, it's just a lot more hand-holding to get the deal to the finish line yeah. than we've seen in the past. You know, it's just taking a little longer. You know, sometimes those interest rates are going to bump or move during the course of, you know, um, the deal. Um, and it's just making it a little bit more difficult. But like you said, deals are getting done. There's still money out there that want to invest in San Diego apartments, right? This is people need to live somewhere. And apartments is one of the primary places in San Diego. It always will be. I think it always will be. I think that uh, apartments in San Diego have always trended at a lower cap rate than, you know, what I call the other food groups like uh, retail or flags or office and so forth. We've always had a lower cap rate. Um, we've always had a lower cap rate in comparison to other cities outside of San Diego or outside of California, let alone outside of the, uh, in California. Um, you know, to touch on some of the sub-markets and the number of transactions within each sub-market, and uh, I guess we're talking about a little bit of a hit, a 50% decrease, 50% decrease in deal volume. Let's consider like a central San Diego or a C location versus like an A location. Are we seeing those types of numbers equally distributed within or? Generally, it's been a moderation everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's drying up someplace. I'll tell you the areas around like the Balboa Park neighborhoods, those mm -hmm. are still doing some pretty solid volume over there. Mm -hmm. um, Pacific Beach pricing, those that area looks like it's holding up pretty well. The coastal areas are the coastal areas, right? They're not going to drop in value or as much as any other place. Or and if they're going to, if they do, they're going to recover faster. It happened last cycle. It's going to, if that's happening, it hasn't quite happened yet. But that would probably be the case. It's just, I think you're in the environment now where, if you're a seller and you're seeing some of these valuations come down, you might think, well, I'll just wait for maybe a year and a half until the the market recovers. But others are just going to want to sell because they have to sell. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've seen too many distressed sales yet. Um, but it's just generally a moderation. Uh, it's, it's hard to put a, you know, um, fine tune that, I suppose. But some of those areas that I mentioned are still doing pretty healthy transaction wise and pricing wise at this point. Our beaches have always held pretty strong. Like low, low volume, low volatility, uh, lower cap rates. Uh, you know, we're seeing the steeper ups and downs and the, the the C locations versus our A locations, so that's still holding true with this cycle as well. Uh, you know, as far as different property types, um, you know, we're here to talk about multifamily. This is our deal. We're apartment guys, um, but you know, I have noticed a handful—not a large percentage—but a handful of our clients are moving into an office retail. Not so much retail, more single tenant, triple net, mm -hmm. uh, outside of multifamily. Is this a, something you guys are seeing at CoStar? Is this a trend? Is this a... It's our, office is tricky right now. Office, <laughs> office is in a tricky position right now, I think. Um, we've seen, you know, a 10-year low in leasing volume. Biotech leasing has dropped off. Um, Availability rate is trending at an all-time high. There's an all-time high in sublet space. We have a lot of construction that's coming online. So there's sort of this confluence of factors that's gumming up the works on the office side right now. 
which makes it particularly tricky and it makes it particularly tricky for occupancy challenged properties right now that aren't necessarily new or aren't well located or well amenitized. Mm -hmm. Those properties are going to continue to struggle for the foreseeable future, I would guess, in the office side of things. Mm -hmm. On the retail side of things, we're in the market where single tenant availability is at an all-time low. It's trending at about a 10-year low there. Multi, even multi-tenant um, availability is trending really low. Um, I guess the challenge with retail, when we're looking at um, like cap rates, I mean, you go to those triple net properties and sell it for four, four and a half percent cap rates on those. You know, when you look at that versus multifamily, generally speaking, in multifamily, you can still go in and raise your NOI over the course of the couple years, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas you go into a triple net, you go in at a four and a half, you have, it's much more difficult to raise NOI over the course of the deal, right? When, as opposed to outside of your fixed, um, you know, 5% increase or 2% year over year bumps on rents or whatever the case is. Yeah, we've always considered the triple net as more of the bonds of the real estate market. You know, we talk about our, our clients, our mom and pop investors here at South Coast Commercial. We have eight tenants, trash toilets concept. And, you know, we're going to exchange into one coupon clipper that gives you rent not on the first but the 31st in advance each month but passive ownership right passive ownership uh, steady eddy uh and buy a starbucks and look at your iphone and see how starbucks <laughs> is doing you know but yeah it's a four cap and you know one or two percent increase annually with inflation significantly higher uh, pros and cons i guess yeah um and i Talking to some, I know that some are starting to, because of that, they still want to go into triple net properties, but they want to look outside of the coastal areas because right. maybe go out to, you know, Eastern California, go out to Phoenix where your yields mm -hmm. are maybe five and a half or six percent on those mm -hmm. deals as opposed to here where they're, you know, sub five percent. Of course, that, you know, I can't remember who it was that told me this, but they said, always beware when you go outside of your backyard, <laughs> right? When you're outside of your backyard, you don't know what's going to happen, right? Other market, you know, you're going to know your market or your home better than you're going to know these other areas. Well, sometimes I think for us who live in San Diego, we forget how lucky we are. <laughs> I, mean, I tell you what, when I, when, whenever I go anywhere from Hawaii with my family to work in Arizona or work in Fresno or work in Sacramento where we all have properties, uh, when I fly into San Diego, it just brings a smile to my face. I know. I just know I'm coming home. That's right. You see the water right there. It's great. <laughs> the palm trees. That's just something special. Uh, God, we covered a lot of great stuff in a short amount of time. Um, as far as um, other markets outside of California and San Diego, what are you, I know you guys are specific to San Diego yourself, but as far as CoStar goes, are you guys seeing uh, this similar trends across the board on the nation, like from Phoenix, um, Chicago? Uh, We're starting to see... We'll talk about, I guess, what had been looked, what had looked like the breadwinner earlier in the pandemic was the Sun Belt, right? Yes. The population was just swelling; they couldn't build enough. But now we're just starting to see that pull back a little bit. Mm -hmm. The rent growth of twenty-five percent year over year is it's fallen more quickly in some of those areas than it has here. What's great about San Diego is you look at all the major markets up and down the West Coast. We had the strongest year-over-year -year rent growth for apartments in the West. And I think we had this. Among markets west of the Mississippi, with more than, I think, 50,000 units, which is a pretty good number, we have the strongest rent growth west of the Mississippi. So that's why I think San Diego, like you said, we have certain um, innate um, benefits to being here, right, that 
people are going to be drawn to San Diego regardless of you know extraneous circumstances that might be otherwise lend them pause to other areas. Hey, great segue, man. I'm really glad you brought up the rank growth because we have recognized we're trying we're trying to keep up with rank growth here in our South Coast commercial portfolio. We manage about 1,500 apartments, uh, a handful of properties throughout the city and, and coastal, northeast, southwest, uh, here in San Diego. And our clients are adamant about maximum increases at the end of each, which is typically a nine and a half or 10%. Um, during COVID, there was a huge fe uh, you know, fear factor Brian, keep my buildings full, don't touch anybody, don't do anything. And then it was like some newspaper article, maybe you guys did it, something got released and it's like, Brian, raise my rents, <laughs> catch up, why are my rents behind? What do you, what's CoStar talking about? What do you see as far as rent growth over the next uh, 12 months or this quarter versus last year? I think what we're probably, I think the storyline is we're just, 2021 was turbocharged on steroids mm -hmm. and it was sort of insanity, right? Mm -hmm. I think we hit 14 or 15 percent year-over-year growth at one point. You had an area like UTC and La Jolla that hit about 30 percent year-over-year. Those things just aren't sustainable, right? You just right. you just can't do that. So I think now we're normalizing. I think that's what it is. It seems like a rapid deceleration, but it's more just a normalization of how our, our long-term rent growth in San Diego is about 3.4 percent. Yeah. Right now, we're trending at about 4 percent across San Diego. We probably project, you know, by the end of 2023, right in line with that long-term average of just sort of normalization. And that jives with talking a lot of the PMs across um, San Diego mm -hmm. is that they're one of the things that they're telling me is that renters have become just much more price conscious since um, probably about August. There's like a a switch that flipped in August and renters just became more price conscious. But that's persistent inflation, rising interest rates, credit card debt's more expensive, car loans are more expensive. Um, and all of those things are just, I think, stifling household formation just a little bit. And it's just as household formation has slowed a little bit, we've seen rent growth slow. But again, it's slowing, but still, we're, we're still above the long-term average here, which is a good thing. And we anticipate not really falling below that for the next year or so. Well, a, a four to five percent rank growth, or even a three to five percent rank growth, is, is normally great. <laughs> so, and, you know, it's just in this last couple of years, it's been hard to keep up. And it seems like, which I've found in the past twenty plus years of being in the industry, typical supply and demand factors work themselves out, in my humble opinion, um, and we're correcting our rank growth by, I guess apparently in August, tenants are, they're about to, you know, second, third quarter of last year, tenants are trying to realize like, I'm either happy with what I got or I want more for my money if I'm gonna offer that. I'm asking for more stuff and I'm willing to pay for it or I'm gonna stay where I'm at and I'm just gonna ride this out. Um, when Today we have a meeting taking place downtown in the city of San Diego talking about rents. We didn't talk much about this, but it did come up. I have a client there. I have one of our property managers at South Coast Commercial there right now as we're talking. Um, and we have a lot of upset property owners with regards to some of the um, bureaucracies, if you may, getting involved in uh, what landlords can or can't do with their properties as it pertains to rent control, um, and it's primarily specific to no-fault evictions. 
uh, am I able to give a tenant a notice to vacate uh, at my own free will to do either construction, renovations, move somebody in, a house sells, move a new owner in. Uh, we're talking, uh, they're, they're talking about normally right now we have a one month relocation, we give somebody one month's rent, a deposit back, help them move and so forth. Now they're talking about three months at a market rent, $1,500 and relocation fees, um, mandatory point permits, filing with the city of San Diego, which has been a real sticking point for some of my clients on the renovations that they're about to do. and. Uh, putting their buildings on the list, if you may, on a department of San Diego. It's not even open yet. Does CoStar have anything on this yet? Or yeah. Any opinion um, from Josh also, on uh, what's about to probably be approved here in the city of San Diego? Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the landlords you work with are not the only ones that are talking about that. That's okay. probably one of the most top of mind issues I that people talk to me about. Okay. It's just concern over not being able to sort of plan long term based on the city council's discussions or um, when they mentioned earlier this year talked about making housing a human right. What does that exactly mean? Nobody really knows. Um, and that's sort of the challenge of sort of um, business planning as a result of that, right? Um, you don't know necessarily the steps that we'll have to go through if, you know, um, with no fault evictions, obviously it's gonna probably be more money, but um, having to show pool permits like you mentioned, um, to be able to follow through with that. Um, let's just say they leave a lot of investors and landlords in a position of not being 100% comfortable with what is happening because they don't really know 100% of what's happening and where it's necessarily going to lead. I, I would say one of the things I've heard most about, um, it follows from the eviction moratorium that was put in place following the onset of the pandemic and sunset last year. But I know there's a lot of concern out there too that if we run into a recession with that already being established of having an eviction moratorium in place because of a public health emergency, it's been expressed to me by several that, well, perhaps an economic emergency like a recession could also lead to a eviction moratorium. Um, so I think the uncertainty um, is probably one of the biggest points that's, well, I suppose just leads to a lot of uncertainty, if you will, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And I think it takes, um, from my clients, what I've spoken to them about and concern is it, it just removes control from the owner. You know, it puts the owner more, the landlord more in the passenger seat and the tenant in the driver's seat of their property. And you know, there's a lot of pride and ego. Um, and then there's a lot of uh, opinions on, hey, People make mistakes, first of all. Sometimes you uh, can rent to a tenant that uh, is paying their uh, rent perfectly, but there's just a conflict between other tenants. There's issues when you have housing that is in a confined environment, um, and sometimes we all make mistakes, and sometimes it's easier just to shake hands and go your opposite direction. and Without paying $10,000 in relocation, right? Or, you know, you know, 30 or 40% of the 12 month lease. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see how that all shakes out and I think it'll shake out whether we're here or there in one way or another and uh, we'll roll with the punches. And, and like you said before, I mean, we have San Diego multifamily. That's you right. know, I, I think we have gold. And uh, from our rank growth, it's proven to be very valuable. Our uh, three and a half caps up to a four and a quarter cap 
uh, with 6% interest rates still selling. Um, it has to make sense. And uh, yeah, we'll probably see a little correction along the way. But we also have a very strong labor market too. Like there's sure. maybe uh, softness in the economy with layoffs and whatnot, but we are one of the strongest biotech markets, even mm -hmm. if it's, even as with biotech leasing has slowed down a little bit here, it's still one of the strongest markets in the world, right? So that's always gonna draw talent. We have one of the best universities in the country at UCSD, and it's just cranking out a, you know, a bunch of well-educated STEM graduates out of there that can fill area jobs. Um, and people are always just going to be attracted to San Diego. That's why I moved to San Diego 20, I was only gonna live here for six months when I moved here 20 years ago. <laughs> I was talking to the downtown San Diego partnership just at the beginning of the first quarter, um, talking about some of the, downtown is in a very unique position. I mean, our CBD here is unlike most, right? It's, yes, we have a lot of jobs there, but like UTC area is generally our employment, our primary employment there, Torrey Pine, the UC San Diego area. And downtown is sort of going through a structural shift right now because I think of what's happened to the office market. You still have people filling up apartment communities like nobody's business. The vacancy rate down there is at 6%. That's an all-time low. Um, we are at the longest stretch of sub-10% vacancy on the apartment market downtown in 15 years. So it's been two full years. I think we're at nine quarters now of sub-10% vacancy there. Part of that's because there weren't a lot of deliveries in 2022. But developers are still bullish. But there are challenges because of the you know, vacancy rate on the office side is about 26%. The availability rate is about 38%. There's a lot of sublet space on the market. There's a lot of construction coming, uh, starting to deliver this year that's all speculative. So those are some pressure points from downtown. But you look at it from the other side of the coin, one of the numbers I've heard, if, if the new projects IQHQ and Campus at Horton, they fill their office spaces, that would probably increase demand for apartments downtown by about 12,000 additional units. Um, but right now it's just, there are challenges downtown, um, but there's no reason if those new office projects get some tenants, there's no reason it can't provide a little bit of momentum um, moving forward that's only gonna prop up the apartment market and the office market. Um, because again, you're talking about flying into San Diego. I mean, how many downtowns have a better, you know, a better location than, than San Diego, right? Mm -hmm. Just because I, I, I yeah, yeah. there's not a ton of that sort of stabilized newer product. There's a couple trades that I've seen that are at like four and a half percent for a 2019 building that's yeah. stabilized mm -hmm. but there's just so few of those and you see right the value adds are still going at three three and a half percent right now mm -hmm. but again that's sort of um, to your point about the tenant protective measures that could make those a little bit less um, attractive going forward buyers of a stabilized asset are having a difficult time buying a four and a half cap today when interest rates are at six percent or five and a half I co-star or for yourself on looking at the data are you seeing value add buyers deep uh, leaving the marketplace or going to other marketplaces or what are you seeing as far as value add what it looks like to me is i think some of those properties that are the value add opportunities it looks like i think there's more buyers right now that are a little bit hesitant to pump more money into the property right now just given that Quite frankly, some of the feedback that I've been hearing, um, tenants right now, you know, 1 p.m., who oversees about 2,000 apartments in San Diego. You said a, a tenant coming in, given the choice between a newly renovated unit or an existing unit that hasn't been, that, that tenant is choosing the unrenovated unit right now because they like the price point. 
So I think that makes it a little bit more challenging on the value add component at this point. Um, they're still under. They're still going through with their renovations that they had started, but they're largely by, like the summer, going to stop doing renovations for the time for the, at least for the foreseeable future once that happens. So, that's huge. I I would wonder what that spread is on that rental rate. Are we talking, you know, two thousand versus thirty five hundred? Are we talking? We're probably like four hundred dollars a month. Four hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just the warp speed with which we saw rents increase you know you go out to other areas of the market where you're not used to seeing two bedrooms for thirty two hundred dollars a month renovated thirty two thirty five hundred dollars a month but that unrenovated for you know twenty five twenty six hundred dollars a month i mean the benefit is you renovate that property or that space you can still bring up the rents of the unrenovated one but they're just you know it's usually what ten percent fifteen percent difference then, yeah that's interesting it, it, previously most all of our tenants wanted that rehab unit. They all wanted the quartz countertops like they had at their mom's house or whatever else. And uh, now I could see with the rent growth having taken place as it has in the past three or four years, tenants being more price sensitive like you were talking about before. People still uh, like kitchens. Everybody, you know, everybody, <laughs> everybody eats, right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I suggests that we should, and Sandag as well, we should probably be building, like adding about 20,000 housing units a year. And, you know, us being San Diegans, we know that we're not remotely close to that. Um, I think we added about 2,800 market rate apartments last year. There's about 7,400 in the pipeline. We're permitting less than 10,000 total units a year, and those don't necessarily translate neatly into housing starts either. Um, so we are serially under undersupplied, and ADUs is one of the ways they're trying to combat um, that. But it also, um, um, for market participants and neighbors and whatnot, it also causes some angst amongst neighbors in some neighborhoods yeah. too, where you build the ADU and you have six new cars that are parking in your street, but there's not they're not off street parking. There's no extra services for that street. Um, so. Are we gonna build enough? I think we have about 3,500 units scheduled to come online this year. Probably 1,200 of that is gonna be downtown. We'll see if downtown can sustain the momentum that's coming online. New supply has outpaced um, household or new um, absorption for probably like the last five quarters or so. I don't think that's terrible, but what we see in absorption and demand, generally speaking, is part of it's because it's new inventory, but new demand has been generally filtering into like the best product right now. We still see strong demand in, in that segment for, you know, the Class A inventory, whereas we've seen a little bit less negative demand um, in sort of mid-tier and workforce housing over the past couple quarters, um, which could loosen even further. I think one of the th challenges that landlords are confronting now is just, you know, with the eviction moratorium um, sunsetting, now it's the eviction proceedings moving mm -hmm. through, but you're likely not going to get, if you didn't have a tenant paying rent for two and a half years, you're probably not going to get two and a half years of back rent. But those proceedings are working through. They're just taking a while to get through. Hey, on that note, tell me a little bit about Josh. I mean, I, I, I've had a lot. Okay, tell me, first of all, Josh's crystal ball in the future here. If you had a crystal ball, San Diego multifamily, give me six months, 12 months, two years. What do you, what do you think is going to happen out here? Are brokers going to be making a living? Of course, of course, because <laughs> people want to invest in San Diego. That's yeah. why. Um, but we're probably going to see a little bit more of 
of the same for the next couple quarters. I think 2023 is going to be like this mm -hmm. than what we've seen. There's just a lot of, you know, that delta between the pricing delta is going to still be difficult to overcome. Interest rates are going to stand in the way of a lot of deals getting done, but people are all still going to want to park their money in San Diego because it's going to long term seems like it's going to be a, a pretty good investment, generally speaking. So I think that speaks well for our market. Rent growth is still pretty strong. You have some markets where rents are already falling. We're not, I don't think we're in any danger of that um, because there's still a lot of people that are um, moving and looking for apartments. I mean, the new apartments that are coming out, they're averaging $3,500 a month for rent and they're leasing without a problem for the most part. Yeah. So. Um, that's not going away. The the households that are coming in and moving into San Diego, I think, are higher house or higher income households. So they're the ones that can afford to live here. The jobs that are spurring our growth across San Diego are the ones that are high net worth households. So they're the ones that can pay high apartment rents. And you know, generally speaking, I think when we see you know thirty-year mortgage rates at maybe six and a half percent right now, that's going to keep renters by choice a lot of times in their apartments, and they'll be happy to continue renting and. They'll get eight weeks of free rent maybe on a brand new apartment or whatever the case is, but um, the for sale market, the limited inventory there, that's just gonna you know, compel people to continue renting here. And you know, there's a lot of great areas in San Diego to rent, so. Yeah. And uh, renting apartments is much more popular than homeownership sometimes with a changing demographic and different uh, uh, generations coming in. People like to rent units. That's right, that's right. I, we might be going toward that European model of more, <laughs> More renting than more homeowning. Hey, as a homeowner, there's a lot of benefits to renting. Right? So, uh, is there anything that uh, we didn't cover that uh, we appreciate you being here? It's a it's a treat to have oh, you in our great. office. Thank you. It's, it really is, and and um, I hope to be able to do this again. Uh, just a, we like to have a nice casual conversation, and and you um, you bring a lot of real data just through you in a natural way that is what we enjoy hearing. <laughs> we hear a lot of broker talk, but you are data yeah, and right. we like data. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'd say that San Diego is what I mentioned earlier, just a really good place. It's always going to attract talent. It's always going to attract people. Um, it's always going to attract investment as a result of those factors. Um, yes, we're going to pay the sunshine tax, but that's the cost of living here. And I, I think, you know, we're content doing that. We know that's sort of baked into the, baked into living here, and that's fine for the most part. Um, I think we're just now in a period across all the all the um, property markets is just a general moderation, returning to the norm in some properties in multifamily or warehouse. It's just taking a, you know, it's, things are slowing, but returning to the norm. Office might be a little bit more challenged at this point. Retail's doing great still. Um, but consumers are going to have a lot to say what's going to happen in 2023 if we're going to talk ourselves into a recession or that we're going to actually hit a recession. We haven't had too many layoffs announced in San Diego so far, but there are a few. Um, but generally speaking, I think we're in pretty good position to weather whatever's coming forward. It just might be, you know, we had a 3.7% unemployment rate, which is still low historically. We're coming off, I think, 2.9 from the end of last year, but it's still... Our civilian labor force has bumped up above the pre-pandemic level. It took a while, but people are returning. They're looking for jobs, which is good. You know, So there's plenty of talent out there looking and filling jobs, and that's just good for the local economy and for the market as a whole.
Hello, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, Joshua with the co-star group. Uh, you know, talking more about San Diego multifamily. I uh, appreciate uh, you being here. Appreciate your time. Right on. And Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming in, man. Cheers.